Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, it's us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jerry Clark. Welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour, folks. Now, I believe Doris Day sang this song, but I like this version better. May she rest in peace. But take it away, Sly Stone. It's all about the journey. Whatever will be, will be. favorite songs of all time. Great message. And so delivered such a good way. And you heard that right, folks. We got Southern Wood in studio. Troy had to tag out this evening. He'll be back next Monday, hopefully. So it's now Mondays with herpes. Yeah, radio herpes. Good old Southern Wood here. But we have uh, some good topics tonight. And uh, it plays into this theme of this song, Whatever Will Be, Will Be. And also plays off of uh, a good Mother's Day. You know, I can't let a Mother's Day go by without thinking of uh, my mother. And I'm sure the same for you, Southern Wood. And I don't feel like crying tonight, so we won't go into much detail. Nope. Stop right there. Yep. That's but uh, it was I, a good day. On, on Mother's Day, the first thing I did when I woke up, I drove to the cemetery. And Mama is buried pretty close to our house so yeah. it, it doesn't take me long it's not like i traveled very far and i just went up there and looked at her grave stone and and had my cry and got all that out yeah. and then went back home and then we went to church and did the normal thing and then i i cooked something unlike uh what's her name the uh uh uh, uh camilla harrison that had to Oh, Kamala rush, Harris, the yeah, had candidate for the presidency. home to cook her own Mother's Day yeah. meal. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Look here. Doug. <laughs> Doug. Mrs. Mr. Harrison. Cook your wife food on Mother's Day. <laughs> and I cooked my wife a glorious meal on uh, Sunday night. And... It was it was a good day. Saw my grandmother. I still have my grandmother, actually. Ninety three. Yeah, Mom strong awesome. as nails. And and so it, it it was not a bad day. It started emotional, but it's still great. I remember the good things about my I'm starting to get to the point I can remember just the good things about mama instead of just being hurt about her being gone. 
Well, I mean, I was looking up funny stuff, uh, and people were sending me funny stuff. Like one comedian I follow, Lou Perez, I mentioned him last Friday. He was doing like yeah. Mother's Day themed <laughs> jokes, and he said, "Let's talk about your terrible taste in men." Hashtag Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then somebody sent me this, not knowing what to send me because it is a sensitive day for me, and uh, you, it's a meme. It's a cat in a wheelchair. <laughs> so. <laughs> and it says uh, me coming out of my most recent mental breakdown but still on my BS it's just a cat looking undeterred hanging out in a wheelchair Yeah, it's just silly crap like that that gets you through the day it's good to laugh, it's good to push back but a certain mother on this mother's day a fictional mother without giving too much away oh. did the most massive heel turn I've ever seen brother I'm telling you. Woo! We. Well, Game of Thrones me, is what we're talking about, folks. I'll, I'll describe our whole evening last night. We 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 had supper. It was simple, but delicious because yeah. I cooked it. And uh, But we watched... Secret Ingredient Humility? Yeah, I'm the most humble man you've ever met. Dude. Especially in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We watched Venom. Oh, yeah, night. that's a fun movie. Oh, my gosh. I'd never seen it before. I actually, I remembered it as we started watching it about halfway through, but that's Lauren loves those types of movies, the the, the Marvel movies, yeah. any type of superhero, those things, and, and, and which I do, too, because I heard Baron, he said today, oh, I don't get into fiction, you know, fiction's blah. That's why I watch movies. Yeah. Is to be completely, this ain't ever going to happen, but... Well, and you learn a life lesson, too, hopefully. But sometimes it's just pure escape. Right. But you sometimes es learn a life lesson. Escape is where I get. But yeah. yes, there's always a message in there. And there's teaching moments as well. Once you get children, you're like, now what they're doing here, that ain't the way it works. And so it gives you that opportunity yeah. for them to ask the question... And you to explain it instead of just saying, all right, come here, kids, sit down, let daddy tell you how the world works. It, it, sure. You know, it opens their mind up to figuring out what the real deal is. And uh, but, so we watched Venom and we got through with that. And then we watched Game of Thrones. Gosh. Yeah. And we were sitting there and at the end we were like. You gotta be freaking kidding me! <laughs> yeah, it was intense. I saw it coming, and I'm not talking about just the what they were telegraphing at the beginning of the episode or the last few episodes. I mean, I've seen this coming for seasons. I just think the tendency was there. It was clear. I think it's a great libertarian lesson. There, there is a great libertarian lesson. There is that people who think they're destined for power, that they are meant to rule. Are usually some of the worst people they, because they know better and they'll do it better than the people that rule before them. Well, and do a, it in a different and way. And it's a great lesson I learned through um, a lot of studies at Catholic school. A little bit we studied the Bible at Catholic school. It's a joke. <laughs> yeah, um, Y'all have the Bible. I know. Uh, is that usually it's the person who doesn't want the power, doesn't want to lead, doesn't want to be the chosen one that is the chosen one. That's a good. That's a sign of good character. It's a it's kind of inbuilt humility, and so you want to choose. It, it's how the founding fathers actually were early on. 
how quietly they campaign and and tussle and wrestle for the presidency and vice presidency. But publicly, it was the person who showed they least wanted to be president, at least wanted power, that would be the most qualified. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to the, to the tradition of George Washington stepping down after two terms, even though he probably could have had that position for life, uh, given uh-huh. his heroism and status in the country. I don't even think that's probable. I think that is actual. He would have been there pretty much as long as he wanted to be. Well, and so in the lesson here is all this glitz and glam of like somebody's got all the all the all the qualities you want. It's a charismatic, good-looking person. It's a brilliant, well-studied person. It's a person with ambition and a vision for the future. Who wants to just change the world and save the world from tyranny. Nice wooden teeth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I actually want to use because I don't want to give too much away about what happened on Game of Thrones last night. But let's just say somebody went a little mad. It looked like Dresden, like a fire bombing of Tokyo. I mean, it was some intense stuff that happened. Okay, you're not going to give anything away. I was not even going to talk. Well, I want to use history even that specific. Well, I want to use history though. Are you familiar with Abraham Lincoln's Lyceum Address? It's the speech that put him on the map. I believe he's only like twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty when he delivers this address. Not at the top of my mind, but it sounds familiar. Now, Gore Vidal, uh, the writer and historian, he has an interesting take on this speech, especially certain parts of it, is that this is Abraham Lincoln warning us of a future Abraham Lincoln. But generally what Lincoln's doing in this speech is he gives a lot of praise to the early founders of what we just talked about. That they were skeptical of the powerful and the ambitious, that we want to be a nation of laws and not charismatic men and great leaders, these sorts of things. I think it's a good lesson, and he pays lip service to that. But the key part of what Lincoln says, and where Vidal claims Lincoln warns us against Lincoln, if you can understand that. It is also a warning that plays into Game of Thrones. If you want to understand the great heel turn that happened in that episode last night, this one, well, this paragraph from Abraham Lincoln, it was one of his most, his early speech, put Lincoln on the map as a great order, brilliant mind. And I have to say, what he says here is, it's dramatic, it's insightful, and in a way foreshadows his own career. But I want to read one section from this long... It's a long address. You can look it up. The Lyceum Address, Abraham Lincoln. You can read the whole thing for yourself. Please do. Good to know our history. But let's listen to Lincoln here. And we should keep this in mind as well for the 2020 presidential election. We should just keep this in mind for anybody who has political power on their mind. They want to keep it. They want to hold it. They want to wield it. I'll begin. Quote, Many great... And good men, sufficiently qualified for any tasks they should undertake, may ever be found whose ambition would aspire to nothing beyond a seat in Congress, a gubernatorial, or a presidential chair. But such belong not to the family of the lion or the tribe of the eagle. Hmm, kind of language is that. What? Think you these places, Q, 
keep in mind what he's talking about is a seat in Congress, uh, the governor's chair, the presidential chair. Think you these places would satisfy an Alexander, a Caesar, or a Napoleon? Never. Towering genius disdains a beaten path. It seeks regions hitherto unexplored. It sees no distinction in adding story to story upon the monuments of fame erected to the memory of others. It denies that it is glory enough to serve under any chief. It scorns to tread in the footsteps of any predecessor, however illustrious. It thirsts and burns for distinction, and if possible, it will have it, whether at the expense of emancipating slaves or enslaving free men. Is it unreasonable, then, to expect that some man possessed of the loftiest genius, coupled with ambition sufficient to push it to its utmost stretch, will at some time spring up among us? And when such a one does, it will require the people to be united with each other, attached to the government and laws, and generally intelligent to successfully frustrate his designs. Distinction will be his paramount object could be hers. Distinction will be his paramount object, and although he would as willingly, perhaps more so, acquire it by doing good as harm, yet that opportunity being passed and nothing left to be done in the way of building up, he would set boldly to the task of pulling down. So what Lincoln is saying here is that there will be men that will pop up whose ambition is so great, whose vision is so great, and urge for distinction is so great. That if there's no room for them to build up more and more unique monuments to themselves or accomplishments to themselves, they're willing, for distinction's sake and to please their own ambition, to tear everything down, if not burn everything down. And the fact that this is a, this is not, I'm not making this up, folks. This is actually Abraham Lincoln as a young man. Now, Vidal says this is Lincoln warning us against Lincoln. And in a way, Lincoln was unprecedented. And thank God he now, did this. He would have distinction by emancipating <laughs> slaves. And that's exactly what Abraham Lincoln did. Okay. But he also tread new paths for this country and took us from a confederation of states to a union. Can, Always a union. Can I go to 2.0 on yeah, this? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. What's the, it, what's, what's the dude's name that was held up in an embassy for like two years? Oh, uh, Julian Assange. He, oh, Julian Assange. Yeah. And, and they just kicked him out of the embassy. And he, when he was walking out, what, there was a magazine he was holding. And I can't remember. There was somebody's face on the cover of that magazine. Whose face was on the cover of that magazine? No, Gore Vidal, yeah. Oh, so you're talking about somebody that's going to tear down the structure of something? And uh, okay, all right, just just curious, I, right? I, I, just just wondering. No, but it's an interesting thing that is. Can there you are, see how those two go together? Yes, and there are sometimes on both sides. Yes, yes. Oh, absolutely. I can see how it goes together. That's incredible. I think Julian Assange is a bit megalomaniacal, if I could use that word. He is, and people who worked with him, like he initially did great work. And I think he's he sh he kept up the good work, but I think he also started to believe his own Hi. crap didn't stink. Yeah, and became haughty and difficult to work with, according to the reports of some. That 
that happens with extremely intelligent people. Yeah. Sometimes you don't have the ability to communicate mm-hmm. your 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 message. Even if you have the right message and it's the proper and correct message, if you can't communicate that to the person you're talking to, then you're just, you sound like an ass. Absolutely. You know, because, Joey, you're stupid. I I just told you that. And if you're using $7 words and you don't understand it, you're like, uh, uh, well, I just didn't understand what you said. Could you explain it? Oh, you, you know. freaking moron. Yeah, well, people get uh, condescending in that way. Uh, it, but it's interesting. It's not just ambition, though, and the desire to be do something new. I think sometimes these folks just want... You see it with revolutionaries. They, they would not... They do not accept that human nature is constrained. They think in one fell swoop, Napoleon was this way, a lot of the French revolutionaries were this way. Um, there are, I think, people in this country that have been this way, where it's like, no, going the piecemeal route or the, you know, take one step to the next step, just this deliberative motion forward is not enough. And carrying on a great tradition is not enough. We have to get to the end. Tear down the whole structure. Yes. And I think part of the problem here is I'm looking at Game of Thrones fans when I see this. I think some people's critiques are fine. I have critiques of this season thus far. I wish it was eight episodes or ten episodes, not compacted into six. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that, that left some things to be desired. But generally, I've been entertained. I've loved the story. The great heel turn, the bad guy turn that happened last night, I saw it coming for years. And I was kind of like, oh, man. The way they did it, it was like, oh, no. I mean, and by the way, fellas, if your lady's acting a little crazy and she just wants to make love, make love. All right? I can't say too much beyond that. But it could have just saved all this stuff if you had just done what she wanted. (laughs) You're getting too close. You are getting too close, Joey. I'm not saying anything to spoil anything for anybody. Yeah. Because we almost didn't watch it last night. But I think there are a few people, would you say this correct, that get so worked up that this is the end. This is the culmination. This is the final step in the journey, and it better be good. And they get so hell-bent on this is the end. Getting to the end that that they miss the journey. Exactly right. They miss the process. It's like, you remember the old Aesop's fable about the man that, I don't know if he met a witch or what it was, but she gave him a ball of string, mm-hmm. and he was a boy. Let me see if I can find it real quick. And said, I can summarize it, and she says, all you have to do is pull this string out, and you'll advance in time. And he got, you know, I mean, he was a little kid, and he was like, well, I just want to graduate from high school. And so he pulled the string, and then he was a senior in high school. And, you know, a couple of days go by, and he goes, man, now I'm stuck. You know, I'm going to college. I want to graduate from, and this is my interpretation of it. And so he pulls his string, and he's like, oh, I've just graduated from college. And he's like, well, now, you know, I want to to get married. And, you know, a couple of weeks, a month went by. He didn't even have a girlfriend pulls a string now he's married mm. and you know he's married for a month month and a half and and he's like hey it, I, we need children i want children and so he pulls a string now he's got 
four kids or three kids or two kids or whatever it was. And then he's like, oh, my gosh, these kids, they're, they're driving me crazy if, if they were just grown. And he keeps pulling the string, and it just repeats itself over and over and over. And he finally gets to the point to where if I could just retire, and he pulls a string, and he's sitting there on, on, a, like, uh, on a tree trunk in the backyard, he's like, I just did everything, and I didn't experience any right. of it. Right. I'm just sitting here, retired, and my life is over. And the lady comes back and says, now, do you want me to take this ball of string back, and you go back to being a kid and live your life and experience your life, or would you like to just rush through it? And yeah, you know what? Life freaking sucks mm-hmm. a lot of the time. But a lot of the time give you a story Sunday afternoon we were didn't have a whole lot going on Coleman and I went down to the barn to wash my truck and we're out there with the pressure washer spraying it off it's pretty dirty and and uh, scrubbing water and we're playing Grab ass, excuse me, but farting around squirting, is one of my coaches. Squirting each saying. other with the water. Yeah. And what are y'all doing here just farting around? It comes a torrential downpour. I'm talking yeah. raindrops is like big as a quarter. Just, I mean, hurt when they hit you. They were so big. Kapow, kapow. And yeah. we just, kapooya. <laughs> and so we're just out there and, and running around and playing. And wash it. Got the truck washed. I mean, we accomplished our task, and we were soaking wet. And it was like seven thirty when we got through. I mean, lo- my wife was calling me, like, "What are y'all, when are y'all going home?" And I said, "I'm playing with my son." And it, you know, we just had the best time. That's just that's experiencing life. You can't set those moments up. You can't plan, okay, today we're going to go out and we're going to make a memory. Because I can guarantee you one thing. 42 will go to his grave remembering what we did last night. I promise you, there were things that I did with my daddy and my granddaddy and my mama and my grandmother. I've got those memories, but they're not manufactured. Right. It is just the experience, and you never know when that experience is going to happen. Well, and instead of it being like, what's the answer? What's the answer? What What's going to be the, the answer to all the big questions in life? What What's the right task to do as a parent? What are the right things to do as a young man? Should I get married? Should I not? Like, th- There's all sorts of steps you get to take, and you just got to put yourself in the position. One line from a song I will always remember, because I always go back to music. Uh, what the line is, everybody's looking for the answer how the story started and how it will end. But what's the use in half a story, half a dream? You have to walk all the steps in between. And it's the same thing with the song we came into tonight. You know, what will I be? The little kid asking the mother, what will I be? Will it be rich? Will it be pretty? And here's what she said to me. She said, whatever will be, will be. The point is accepting your fate in a way, now you got to take those steps. You got to show that initiative. You got to live in the moment, and you do have to plan a little bit about your life. But when you get so caught up on the rules or the logic or what's the end and what's the beginning, how this all is sewn together, then you're going to miss it. Yeah. 
It's a great point. I was talking with uh, Dr. Stephen Miller last week. I'm not a parent personally, but I think you'd agree with what he was saying is, hey, parents, relax. Like, just be a good provider. Be attentive to your kids, but you don't have to plan every aspect of their life. You don't have to plan these special moments. Sometimes it's just having a good time washing the car, you know. Yeah. And it's something I have to learn in my own life. Like, and it's it's okay to say I don't know every once in a while as the answer to a question. You don't yeah. have to make something up or give them a definite answer. Well, and you know, Sunday, Mother's Day is a tragic day for me, and. The toughest thing I had to learn in the last few years is accepting your fate is sometimes accepting the tragic fate of those you love the most. And that's when you need to say, que sera, sera the most. So with that, we'll go out to the sounds of Sly and the Family Stone. Hit this break, come back. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour, Southern Wood alongside me. We'll be right back. Joey Clark. Oh, welcome back. This has been one of my favorite Prince songs lately. It's not favorite all time, but it came out on the uh, deluxe version of Purple Rain they released a couple years ago. Seven. See, seven. I've got the answer. Great song. (laughs) That's a good song. It's my favorite. Period. End of story. That's I just like this song. I like the, the music in it. Like driving, just to be with me here. Driving, you know, down the road, sunny day. Great song. Yeah, fuck. I don't, I don't think he ever made a bad song. Oh, he made some bad songs. But, but it, well, I mean. <laughs> I've heard them. <laughs> yeah, I've heard a few of them. Bat Dance grew on me. <laughs> no, that's a fun one. Ended up being kind of a good song. But uh, but now, like when you're asked your favorite song and you have to try to think through it, I just pick seven. I just there's something about the 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 beat in it. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's a it, great song. It's like a hit, Beatles-esque song. Yeah, and it hit cool. me at a at, at the right time, and I had the right stereo system yeah. to play it. And it's it's the kind of like the choir almost in the background. Of when when he's singing, I don't know if it's just him, you know, it's like multiplied. Yeah, it's mostly fifteen times. Yeah, that that was his style. That really was. But oh, he this, was cool. this weekend on Saturday before Mother's Day, I was invited by 
Eddie Bader down to Taco Libre. They had a good time. Saw a lot of people. Eddie Bader. Bader. Yeah, the guy, the real estate That's agent with the Goodson Group. Goodson Group. Now, folks, if, if you've Bader. never met Eddie Bader, you can go to my Book of Faces page, Joey Clark. Real funny guy. Oh, he's hilarious. Got a great sense of humor. Down to earth. Got a pontoon boat, and we'll give you tours like up on the or lake. Or it might even be like nicer property. Than, it might be a little faster than a pontoon boat. That's what he was telling me. They might be going to... Oh, so he's stepping up to like an inboard? Yeah, or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. He's, it's in the works. It's in the works. But anyway, if you want to see me and Eddie Bader together, Emily Hayes took this, sh- this shot, this picture of us and I, you know, filtered it out and made it all black and white. It looks like an album cover, Bader and Clark. Like we're gonna come out with some indie folk music or no, he wants it to be a rap album. I'm making the beats. He's got the flow. <laughs> but not all jokes aside, Eddie so Bader Eddie beatboxes and sells real estate. Right, yeah. And manages real estate. No, he's just a great guy. And what he does is he really puts together the buyers and the sellers. He's a very proactive real estate agent. And he's also managing many uh, investment property. So he he knows every angle of the residential real estate market, if I could put it that way. He can help you buy that place, especially if you're hesitant and you've never gone through the process before. He can walk you through a lot of the process, things that you need to worry about getting paid for, how you negotiate things in a certain way, and how much better it is for you financially. There are some great deals on mortgages out there if you can find the right property. Or if you're looking to sell your place quickly, he, again, knows how to say, hey, maybe you want to do this renovation before you ever put it on the market. If you got the time and you got the money, that way you can get top dollar when you put it on the market. Here's how you pull off a successful open house. And plus, because he's helping buyers and sellers, he often helps the two meet one another and get a great deal yeah. done. Um, so if you're looking to buy a home or sell your home here in the River Region, whether it's a lakeside property or downtown Montgomery or downtown Wetumpka or out east Montgomery, wherever it is here in the fine River Region, Eddie Bader Even with the down Goodson in Group. South County. Yeah. Eddie Bader with the Goodson <laughs> Group can help you out. So put his number in your phone right now. And what is that number, Joey? 322 322 322-0662. 322-0662. Okay. That's for Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group. He is going to be your real estate agent. Just believe you me. Now, it looks like we got some people on the phone lines here, which is interesting. I mean, I guess they want to talk all... Should I be scared? No, well, Josh, we shouldn't be scared of Josh. Uh, Josh, no. No, should not be scared of me at all. How are we doing, gentlemen? Good. How are you doing, Josh? I'm doing good. Doing good. Just about across the bay. Spending a couple days in Alabama. Got to see my my mama, dearest, and visit the farm a little bit. Heading back over down to the uh, salty water for another work week. But, um... Yeah, I saw the uh, the, ba- the Batter and Clark uh, CD cover. I'm waiting for the LP to drop. Look pretty sharp. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I got the beats. He's got the flow. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you about the uh, that Wagyu, man. Uh, oh, yeah. Delicious, man. The marbling on it. It was remarkable. Um, I went by the, I'll just give them a free plug, went by the East Chase uh, Farmer's Market that pops up every Saturday morning now. They're in season. And uh, went to Wagyu of Alabama's little booth tent they have there. Mm -hmm. And it was, I got the, they called it a Delmonico cut, which is not a strict cut by any means, but it's kind of like a thin ribeye, essentially. And but they have all sorts of cuts over there, and yeah, I posted on my Facebook page. The marbling was magnificent, so I did it my normal way, 
in the skillet real quick with some butter and garlic and thyme and you know baste that sucker up you know salt and pepper is the your basic dry seasoning and yeah. uh oh it was that's all i had too it was just shy of a pound so it was uh incredibly rich probably the best steak i've ever had by far i mean it yeah. it was so tender and he says that what is it wagyu is just a way of classifying japanese beef right and you know we know kobe beef Kobe's a type of Wagyu, and yeah. it goes from A6 to A12, I believe, are the ratings. Like, A12 gets up to around $300 a pound. He said mm-hmm. that his product's around an A8, A9, depending on the cow, and um, it, I loved it. it. It was worth every penny, a little more expensive than even prime uh, beef, yeah. but it well, was worth it. Well, that's why I was, I was going to ask, you know, without put your business out there, I was going to see about how much they're ballparking a pound on it. Oh, you're looking delicious. at about twenty-seven, twenty-eight dollars a pound. Yeah, I believe it. That ain't too bad, especially. You know, I was kind of skeptical when they're growing it. You know, raising them here in Alabama, but um, man, it looked that marbling was just fabulous. On yeah, it. I'll have to get him in studio. Um, him and his daughter Maggie were running the tent, and well, now, now, Josh, I mean, you know what they say about steaks, right? Ste- What's that? S- steaks are like men. The best ones have got a little fat on them. <laughs> oh, I can t- I can testify to that all day long. <laughs> well, guys, uh, yeah, I just want to ch- check in and say hello and praise that glorious piece of meat you had there. Well, I had a good uh, night watching Game of Thrones, eating that sucker. I didn't even need any sides. It was I- so rich and decadent. I didn't need any sweet potatoes or broccoli or anything like that. It was good. I, I didn't see it, but I have heard many people say Joey has wonderful meat. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Uh, all right, guys. Well, hey, like always, it's awesome to talk to y'all. And, um, man, keep it up. Keep up the good work. We'll holler at you later. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, there's some days you, you feel a little down, but then you just got to slap yourself. You're like, come on. I got good food. I got good entertainment. I have good friends. Like, my job's pretty good. Like, like I'm not exactly where I exa- want to be completely in life. This isn't the end. Like, oh, I'd be happy if I died tomorrow. No. But you're not living in a ditch. No, exactly. Like, life is pretty damn good. Now, I got a question for you. Since right. Josh called and brought up steaks, how do you cook your steak? I usually, what temperature do you cook it to? Uh, I did last night. I did medium rare. I'll do medium to medium rare to medium, depending on the cut. Medium rare to medium. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you know okay. a deep kind of red pink for the medium rare, or just pink for medium. If you get too far gone, I mean you know, I've overcooked some before, but okay. I usually do the skillet method. It's just quicker and easier for me to do, okay. as opposed to the grill. Uh, I like the grill. I just like basing that sucker in butter and, and really enjoying it. That's actually, yeah, I mean, you, your top shelf steakhouses, that's the way they, they don't mm-hmm. cook them on grills. I mean, they taste good and they have a different flavor to them. But you have to be so stinking careful when you cook them on yes. an open flame. Yes. You know, you want to blister them, but you do not want to have a well done. Well, and I think it only took with ketchup. four or five minutes to cook this particular piece of meat. Now, if it, you're talking like a two inch thick, that's, you're talking probably four or five minutes a side. Um, it depends on how big of a cut you're, you're cooking and what you're basting and cooking it all the way through. It's great stuff, though. The reverse sear method I hear is the most exact method, where you cook it to the internal temperature in the oven at a low heat, to the exact temperature you want, then you uh, 
sear it very quickly. Say, I, I don't and buy that. Now, I've I've tried it before, and it's amazing. It really is. Is, is it good? Yeah, because sometimes when you just immediately start searing, you don't get the same consistency all the way through. Because, I mean, the cut might be uneven, whatever. Uh, but usually if it's a good cut yeah, and you know what you're doing, you can hit it pretty right. I'm loving it. I love me a good steak every once in a while. And I've learned uh, with nutrition, don't overthink it, folks. Just don't overthink it. Like, for the most part, a good rule of thumb is eat real food. Like, go to the grocery store and actually pick up real chicken or real steak, real pork, and cook it yourself and get some vegetables, maybe get potato. I like sweet potatoes, personally. And just make it yourself. And you usually will not go wrong. Now, you can't go yeah. a little nuts but in other ways. But as long as you make it yourself and it just looks like real food, you probably won't go wrong as opposed to running to a restaurant. Some restaurants are better than other, or... You know, running, getting fast food, uh, that's probably going to be a poor food choice. And I've learned that it's not just the food tastes good. It's like planning it out. I'm on this big kick of discipline. I'm not the most disciplined person, so I have to set these goals for myself, whether it's, you know, with working out or whether it's with eating, um, that gets me kind of in a mode of, oh, here, I set this goal. Did I accomplish that goal? Okay, I, I, may, I accomplished a goal for today. Can I make a goal over a week-long period? Can I make it over a several-month period? And it's a matter of cross-training. It's not just, oh, I know how to cook a steak, or I know how to prepare a good meal, or I know how to do certain you know weightlifting moves or whatever. It's If you train yourself to be disciplined in one area, that discipline can carry over into other areas. Of yeah, and I, and I think that's a, that's a wonderful point because, I mean, it wasn't something that I was addicted to, but, I mean, I drank coffee every single morning. I mean, that's the very first thing. Wake up, make a cup of coffee, and because I mean, we went to the Pyrrhic where you don't have to make a whole pot. Right. Just make my cup of coffee and drink a cup of coffee. And I just decided, actually, it was by happenstance. We were at a hotel, and I drank coffee that Saturday morning, and it was the worst yak I've ever Ugh, drank. Yeah. And I'm like, the next morning, I'm like, I ain't drinking coffee. And Wayne was, you want to go down again? I was like, no. Nah. I said, screw it. I'll just quit drinking coffee. And I just quit. And it's been like yeah. four weeks since I've had any caffeine at all in any form. See, I'm a caffeine And fiend, it's just, man. it's just, it, now it has become a thing. Nope, I'm not even going to take a sip of that Coca-Cola do I have the willpower not to, which I don't drink soft drinks either. Yeah, well, so. like cut those out if you want to. I mean, do what you want. But. No nutritional value at all. Quit drinking soft drinks, everybody. And then you, know, you can cheat every once in a while. No. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Let's go to the phones and talk to Marianne. Hey, Marianne, how you doing? Hey, Joey in Southernwood. Y'all are doing such a great job. I had to call Joey because after hearing the story about Southernwood and 42 out playing in the rain yesterday trying uh-huh. to wash the truck. All right, Joey, listen, I want you more than anything to get your sense of humor up, okay? Because of this being Mother's Day weekend. That's the reason I'm telling you that. We got Father's Day coming up. Mm -hmm. I want you to look for every opportunity you can to play a joke on your father, okay? Even though he's down on the coast. And the reason I'm telling you this is because Michael, my son, okay, Uh that you graduated with you, Uh he has never... Okay, y'all, I've never been married. And Michael has never met his biological father. 
Okay. He knows the name. He's tried to find him, but coward pied. Okay? Leave it like that. Fair enough. Well, a couple of weeks ago, Joey, I always try to gig Mike every chance I get. But I needed some help getting some stuff out of the truck that's too heavy for me to carry. So I asked him, I said, can you come over on Sunday afternoon and get it out of the truck for me and bring it in the house? He said, sure, Mom. And he and my daughter-in-law and the three grandchildren came over to pick it up. Well, the three grandchildren were to help me out. Well, the three grandchildren were playing in the front yard, and as we went out of the house to go get it out of the vehicle, guys, I turned around and looked at both of them, and I said, you know, if you, Mike, if you'd been here a few minutes earlier, you could have been here, and you would have seen me and Pat P. Ray doing married couple stuff. And they went, oh, yeah, oh, God. And the grandkids looked at them like, what's wrong with mom and dad, you know? <laughs> I turned around and looked at Mike. I said, all we were doing was paying the bills. Well, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was joking earlier. Mary Ann. You know, one, one comedian uh, I follow is, you know, putting out Mother's Day uh, little memes and, and quotes, and he said, let's talk about your terrible taste in men. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> My mother would have said, let's talk about your terrible taste in men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Joey, I just had to call and tell you that because, I mean, you know, I miss my mom, but I also miss my dad. You still got your dad. I hope you talk to him a lot yeah, and your brother, you know. Um, but at the same time, and I'm so glad that Southern Woods, you were out playing in the rain yesterday to be as old as you are. Yeah, why? Well, yeah, what? Uh, no, oh, what? What? Be me old as I am? Why do you think I'm <laughs> old, Marianne? He's in the prime of his life. He's only like forty. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm barely over the hill. Yeah, and I'm old enough to be your mother, too. There's lots of 90-year-old men out there. I'm not even middle-aged. Hey, Joey, let me give you something else that I need to laugh about. Mike will tell you, hey, my mom's up for adoption. Oh, Lord. I ain't touching that. I know. But, Joey, I love you, okay? I'm so glad you had a wonderful time Saturday. And it's so great to listen to y'all. I'm still applying to come on your show, though. You hear me? Well, I'm going to keep trying. All right. Have a good... Okay. <laughs> Have a good evening, guys. Okay? Good night. Bye. I didn't look at this. We got Bo Holt on the line. Hey, Bo. Bolt? Good evening. First of all, I just wanted to say, yeah, I, I thought about y'all both yesterday. I, I know that uh, that was, you know, tough for y'all. Yeah. Um, secondly... Um, as old as Dr. Wood is? What? Dr. Wood's not old? Are, are, are you back to Southern or are you still Doctor? Last time I talked to you was Doctor. I'm Doctor for <laughs> Southern Wood. You're, you're, uh, okay. you're mixing the names up there, Bolt. Oh, well, well, yeah, it's hard to keep all your names straight, but... Uh, He's kind of like Mick Foley in that regard. <laughs> That's right. I have a sock on my hand. <laughs> yeah. Doctor Four is, you know, a little bit older than I am, so I'm, I'm going to always, always say that he is young, so I'll never get old myself. Um, thirdly, come on, y'all. The only way to have steaks and God, even burgers, gotta be rare. Gotta be rare. It can be. It depends on the meat. I mean, I prefer medium rare, honestly, because sometimes when I say rare, it's too chewy. I like it to have a good melt in your mouth bite to it. I don't want it to be too chewy. Yeah, I just- I will go rare to, to medium rare. I just the more you cook it, the more it gets the the flavor out of it. You know. 
Well, yeah, if you do high heat, I just the fat needs to be rendered, in my opinion. And That's, again, I don't like it chewy. So if you do too much, it's going to be too chewy. If you do it too little, it'll be chewy. I like it to that, have that melt it, in your mouth. And that's really the issue chewy, with cooking right. steak is the okay. amount of fat in it yeah. is is you can a, a lean steak, you can blister it on both sides right. and it's better. But a a steak that has more marbling or fat content, you do have to render that down some, or you just got you know big chunks of fat you know on the inside. So. That you can't really well, eat. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a chewy. catch twenty two. Well, one part you said chewy like Chewbacca. <laughs> oh, that's impressive. Somewhat. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you have not eaten anything. You ain't crap unless you've had some of. Uh, uh, Doctor Four's home cooked. I mean, whatever he cooks. If you're uh, if you're at one of his cookouts, you're gonna eat as as well as you have ever eaten anywhere. Oh, I'll tell you. And I know that secret ingredient's humility, baby. <laughs> Dash yeah, of humility. He, he, I'm a very humble guy, man. Ask me. I'll tell you. I still haven't <laughs> had any. Of this, what do you call him? The uh, Santa Fe uh, soup. No, the Santa Fe soup. That that that's credit to your wife, but the. The, the what mountain oysters or whatever? Yeah, they, 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 I, I, we still haven't had any of those yet. You talking about bull <laughs> testicles? Yeah, we call them bull nuts, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've never had that before. Oh, I've eaten are, some funky mm, stuff. I've never eaten those. They're magnificent. Really? They really are. Hey, hey, yeah, hey, oh, Joey Clark, you would go <laughs> ballistic. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's better well, than some well-planned joke. <laughs> no, it's not. They are, they're really that good. And it, I mean, it sounds weird is the only thing about them, but they are off the chain. Promise you. Lisa and I are ready to try them when, whenever you're uh, going to be serving them up next time. Just let us know. <laughs> All right. I'll call you next time we have a nut cooking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Y'all have a good evening. Thank you. You too. See you, you Bo. Yeah, well, you got to be careful though when you're eating like strange foods. You remember the scene in Ladies Man where it's like this uh, this nice like executive comes in. He's like, "Oh, I could eat this bar food," and they're like eating pig's feet and like pickled eggs and all this stuff. And the guy comes out and he goes, well, "What are what are those?" He goes, "That's a back bottom gristled lump." <laughs> and the guy's like, "Well, I know you ain't gonna eat this back bottom gristled lump." And the guy eats it and like. Oh, that's weird, but I got it down. He looks at him and goes, boy, you just ate some crap, says the other word. And it's like, okay, you got to be careful. When it's some of this really exotic, odd crap, yeah, sometimes it's literally crap. So be careful. Yeah. You know, you know I want to see you eat one of these uh, mountain, mountain oysters before I eat one. No, I, I'm willing to try most anything, though, yeah, when it comes to food. We will. I mean, they're, they're, they actually are really delicious. And mm-hmm. I, I make a buffalo sauce. Okay, yeah. And yeah, I need. What, what, what's your nickname there, Sauce Joey? <laughs> That's one of my many nicknames. I yeah. mean, and I mean, they're 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 it's it's like eating fish. Okay, is like what fish. it is. I like shellfish. Same. It's the same texture as fish, and I mean, it has little, just a tiny bit of an organ flavor to yeah, it, like a like a liver or something, yeah, but not yeah. near as strong. Probably good for you. I'm sure they are. Now, any weird stuff you like that other people are like, what the hell? Like chicken livers, gizzards? No, I like, I like chicken livers. I like gizzards. I don't like livers. Yeah, okay. I don't. I just. I don't. It's too much iron. You ever eaten chicken and, hearts? 
Yes, now hearts are tasty. I, I really like hearts. They are tasty. I've had I went to a Brazilian steak place and they mm-hmm. had chicken hearts on the rotisserie. It's like give me some of those. And I loved them. They're yeah. they're delicious. But I, I like it I think as much as anything, it's the texture with the livers is mm. you know, it's just like a that squish. Yeah. Because they don't have any meat to them. Grainy in a weird way. And that's why I like gizzards is they have some chew to them Mm. and they've got that organ meat. I mean, it may sound bad to some people, but it's got that organ flavor to it, but it's got some chew to it as well. So I like gizzards. And my grandmother, oh my God, she made the best rice and gizzards and how she made them, I don't know. I've tried them, and she gave me the recipe, and I I can't do it. But they were unbelievable. Well, on that note, talking about funky food. <laughs> Chicken gizzards, boiled nuts. Yeah, my goodness. Livers. Yeah. And pig feets. So we covered a lot today. Oh, by the way, we're not going to see that video of Robert Kraft getting his thing, you know, played with in that massage parlor. Oh, really? Because you know, everybody wanted to see that. I, I've, I've, I've been just standing on hold waiting for it to come out. I know. Yeah, sometimes the government just goes too far. Good gosh. Like, really, you videoed that guy and 80 other dudes? What's wrong with you people? We'll probably talk about Trump and the trade wars going on with China coming forward in the week. Whatever else occurs. Of course, the Mueller and investigation and investigators are still going on. There's a lot to talk about. Don't forget Russia. Wrong. Everything's fine. I talked to Vlad. He's he's cool. <laughs> We're out of time. Talk to you all tomorrow night. It's all right. It's all right.